Hey, folks, welcome back to The O Show. I'm your host, Andrew Hughes. I know I sound a little uh, sick, and I've been out for the past, I guess, two weeks, but we also got Matty O on the line. What's up? I've been out in the woods in Alaska. I came back the day the games started for the NCAA tournament, but since then I have watched one game which you just told me was not a very good game to watch i mean it's all right but like the elite eight were the only really really good games that i've seen so far the wofford kentucky game was really good but for the most part the tournament was kind of lacking this year just because it was pretty much all of the top seeds that um really got far which isn't something that well it's kind of weird because it's not something that people like to see but yeah um but you also want to see the big powers at the end which is kind of weird like you want to see a you know like a butler or a george mason go far but for your final four you want it to be like the big heavyweight uh teams like for the elite eight i mean you know there were some pretty good matchups but the duke michigan state game like i think everyone was pretty much just waiting for that one and it delivered and turned out to be a pretty good game i heard like in the first couple rounds of games there were multiple games that like teams would just go down by 20 points or more and it was just like it was just super boring to watch did you have the same feeling yeah it was uh there just wasn't a lot of suspense this year i mean even even games where the upset happened it wasn't even that close like murray state i mean they were a 12 seed against marquette and they just blew them like out of the gym and <laughs> i mean virginia got a little bit virginia and michigan state had uh, opening round uh, scares a little bit, but even they pulled away towards the end. And yeah, it just wasn't very, it just wasn't very exciting at all. And even like the second round and even the sweet 16 wasn't that great, but the elite eight finally paid off and the final four matchups are looking pretty good with uh, Michigan state and Texas tech and then Virginia and uh, Auburn. And it's going to be, Really weird if Texas Tech and Auburn are in the title game because I bet you like no one on planet Earth had that. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I heard that. Let's see, Texas Tech, Auburn, and Virginia. If they win the national championship, it would be their first, and then this would be Michigan State's first since the year two thousand, and that would be the first Big Ten championship since the year 2000 so we got a lot of like these people haven't seen this side of the tournament in a long time or if ever going on it seems yeah i mean it should be pretty good because i mean texas tech is texas tech is actually really really good i finally got a chance to see them play and they play pretty crazy defense and they can shoot like crazy so It'll be interesting to see what uh, Michigan State does there. I actually think that Michigan State, I mean, going into that game was like the worst possible matchup for Duke just because 
Michigan State is, I mean, they're pretty big inside. So Zion pretty much had, I mean, he got the offensive rebounds and stuff. He had some a couple jams, but he had he had to do most of his work from the perimeter. And like normally, you can just give him. He just dominates down there. But against Michigan State, they had like actual big guys that could play. And uh, I mean, they just didn't do very well. But it kind of speaks to how good Duke was with Barrett really didn't do anything. And um, what's that other guy's name that they have? Cam. Yeah. Like neither of them really performed that well anyways. And they still almost won. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So I heard they – Michigan State pretty much just like clogged the lane and just was forcing Zion to do like either like do the LeBron where he like goes through a ton of contact down low or passes it out. And basically every time he passed the ball out, either Cam or RJ Barrett were just like clanking him off the rim, basically. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Zion, Zion pretty much tried to win it single handedly. I mean, he started to drain threes and I mean he was doing pretty much everything out there but uh, Michigan State I mean they didn't employ the tactic as much as UCF did but UCF like I had never seen a tactic so extremely uh, implemented where I mean Duke has obviously have the big three but then the other two whoever they put out there, they're not Duke as a whole is not a very good shooting team. And I don't know if you saw the UCF game, but they would literally, if one of their non big three guys would catch it on the perimeter, they would, I mean, they, there was no one within like <laughs> yards of them. It was the most <laughs> insane thing I've ever seen. Like I know, I remember uh, teams used to actually do this to LeBron when he first got in the league because his outside jumper wasn't very good. Because I remember there would be playoff games where, I mean, he'd be at the top of the key, and his defender would almost be, like, under the basket. They're just like, (laughs) come drive and see what happens. And then they were pretty much just daring them to shoot. But I had never seen anyone do it to that extreme. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen. Like, (laughs) there was literally no one around them. And it actually worked because most of the time they clanked the shots, but uh, UCF just got an unlucky break at the end there. But yeah, I did watch the replay of that one where, I mean, that, that ball like lingered on the rim for like a solid half second before falling out. I mean, like it was so incredibly close and that, I mean, I don't know if they would, if they would have lost during that round, I think it would be an embarrassment for Duke, but, Here's the question I really want to get through. Is this just like the most disappointing season for Duke considering how great they were supposed to be? Um, I mean, I'd probably say it is just because of how lofty expectations are. But I would also say that it isn't just because how random the NCAA tournament is. I mean, you have Loyola Chicago made it to the final four last year. I mean, as good, as nice as that run was, Loyola Chicago was not one of the four best teams last year. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it's the same thing this year. Like, um, I still think that Duke is one of the four best teams in the country. Like if I was to, if I was to hand pick my final four and that's what I did when I was filling out my bracket. So (laughs) 
I don't know why uh, I have to do this, but but uh, yeah, my final four would have been Duke, Virginia, Carolina, and um, Gonzaga, because I mean they just happen to be all the one seeds, but that's because they were all like so so good during the regular season, and I think that you know if, even if you did, if you were to somehow do. Uh, one through 64 uh, and then you play it in like best of even if it was like best of five like I think yeah. that more often than not you would get like four one seeds in the final four yeah I just you know here's my argument against that is you got Mike Krzyzewski who's like coach these Olympic level players to like gold medals all this other stuff and he's got what I mean, like Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett, and Zion Williamson are three of the top five players in college, if not the top three players in college. And I mean, by all accounts, Cam Reddish and RJ Barrett had like pretty crappy seasons. You know what I mean? Like it really did only seem like Zion Williamson was the only guarantee. We started this season saying that these three players could go like one, two, and three in the draft. And now it's looking more like Zion Williamson one, Ja Morant number two, like give or take the needs of a team. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember in like November and December, there were, you know, articles from a lot of sports outlets that were saying that Zion wasn't even the best player on Duke. (laughs) Yeah, I remember those too, which is like pretty hilarious now. So... On Texas Tech, though, they got that guy. I think his name is Jarrett Culver. Yeah, that boy can play. (laughs) He's one of those ones that's now going to skyrocket into the NBA draft. So, I don't know. Just, like, it seems like a pretty big disappointment. I think if the man's name wasn't Mike Krzyzewski, he probably would have been fired after a year like that. I don't know if he would have been fired, but. (laughs) I mean. I don't know. I guess Calipari did just lose as well, and then Kentucky just signed him to a lifetime deal. Yeah, so. I saw that. That was uh, that was pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, meanwhile, UCLA was like courting him for like six years, forty-eight million, and Kentucky had to pull out all the stops, I guess, to keep him there. Yeah, <laughs> that's so crazy though. Like <laughs> a lifetime contract. I mean, if I if you offered me a lifetime contract. I would not do any work at all. (laughs) I would be like, you are so stupid. (laughs) It's like those tenured professors in college who just like have been teaching the same class for 20 years. They just teach it horribly because they don't, they can't get let go. That's right. (laughs) So, so all of a sudden we think Kentucky's going to be just a shit team next year. No, they'll be fine. (laughs) All right. No, I mean, he's, he actually like wants to. Uh, he likes coaching and everything. But if it were me, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I would maybe come to the home games. Definitely not the away games. <laughs> <laughs> he he should rehire Tubby Smith just to be like the away game guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> he should bring oh, uh, Phil Jackson on the staff. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so. Here's another coach I really wanted to talk about is I had no idea up until I was watching um, 
like the post game analysis of Auburn. I had no idea that Bruce Pearl was the head coach of Auburn. Yeah, he's been there for a couple of years now. Yeah, so the last thing I remember of Bruce Pearl's him getting ousted from Tennessee for all kind of like some kind of weird academic fraud situation. Am I making that up or is that true? Um, I think there might have been. I mean, he's like, I guarantee you that uh, like there's going to be some kind of scandal in about two years discovered here because, I mean, Auburn went from nothing to Final Four and the only the only variable there was Bruce Pearl being there and him not. <laughs> <laughs> like there, so, there are just some coaches where wherever they go, you know that that's I mean that's just going to be a you know a infraction coming with it. And if you can accept <laughs> that as a school, then you know you hire them. <laughs> yeah. So I he just. All right. All I gotta say is he just looks shady, first of all. But I'm I'm totally on board. There's gotta be something. You're right. There's no way they go from absolute nobodies to be like, yeah, and all of a sudden we're just getting these star players because we have Bruce Pearl on our roster. It's like there's no way that he's convincing them just by his word that they should come play for him. I know. It's like <laughs> it's like whenever uh because I remember when uh, Ron Zook was U of I's football coach, and I'm like, and he got uh, Aurelius Ben and Juice Williams. So I think we're both, particularly Ben, who I think was a four or five star recruit. And I'm like, there's something going on here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't even in state. And so, like, whenever you see that, where you see a program that just isn't a traditional powerhouse in a sport, and then a new coach comes in, and all of a sudden, they start getting these like four and five star recruits. Like I know that coaches can be, can be persuasive, but there's like, there's gotta be something else going on there. Yeah. I mean, remember when we used to walk around campus and we'd like look for the basketball, or the football players. Right. And we would just like try to see what kind of car they had. And it was, if it was a piece of junk, we'd be like, all right, we know we're good. We're not paying anybody right now. Yeah. But <laughs> Those Auburn players are probably living pretty nice. Though. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what, instead of doing this podcast each week, maybe we should just start traveling to different schools and sneakily looking at what kind of cars players have. I'm down. <laughs> all right, let's spend all our money just flying across the country every week. <laughs> all right, I'll put that in the budget. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So let's just get down to the nitty gritty here. I know that we called, well, I'd say we, it was mostly you, uh, called Auburn and Michigan state, right? Oh yeah. We, in our bracket that was filled out based on mascots, we got two of the four final four teams. I think my favorite part about the whole thing is aren't the other two like old dominion and who's in Montana. Yeah. And they, uh, I mean, it was kind of a stunner because they both lost in the first round by like a combined 70 points. So, <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> I think I could have seen that one coming, but you know, you had to go with the Grizzlies. You're right. Like that's a pretty scary mascot. The Grizzly bears are no joke. <laughs> no joke. Indeed. So out of the real final four, who are you, who are you predicting and then who do you actually want to win? 
Um, I mean, I'm predicting Michigan State and Virginia just because both of those teams are pretty locked down defensively. They both have the – well, actually, I mean, if you count Bruce Pearl's days going all the way back, he has a lot of experience. But, like, Tom Izzo and Tony Bennett both have a lot of experience, especially in the tournament. Um, Virginia has that whole chip on their shoulder thing because they lost to a 16 seed last year, and they actually have an offense this year, which is a pleasant surprise. <laughs> and then, I mean, Michigan State just beat – what a lot of people think is the best team in the country. And I mean, they're just, they're probably the most complete team in the country as far as offense, defense, coaching, leadership, experience, like all that stuff. So I think it's going to be those two. I don't know. The team that I would want to see win, I don't really know. I mean, I don't really have a a dog in the fight because they're all just kind of, I mean, it would be, It'd be funny to see Texas Tech win just because no one – I mean, I don't even know Texas Tech's coach. <laughs> no, I can't say that I know his coach either. <laughs> like, I just – yeah, that would just be weird because no one would know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm personally going to root for Texas Tech, and it's solely based on the fact that my dad actually has his bachelor's degree from Texas Tech. Other than that, I would literally have no idea that that school ever existed. Oh, you had the Michael Crabtree game against uh, Texas that one time. Yeah. Did you just hear what you said that one time? That one <laughs> time. And uh, I think, yeah, Bob Knight coached that school for, for a little bit. Oh, Bob Knight did go there. But that guy was a jerk, yeah. so I don't like him. Yeah. Yeah, he, was, uh, he had a habit of throwing chairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, among other things. So you just you just want Michigan State and Virginia? Nothing, no winner on top of that. I mean, that's who I think will be playing for it. And I mean, I don't know. I just don't really gravitate towards any team in the Final Four this year. But if I had to, just for comedy's sake, I'd probably go with Texas Tech. <laughs> Excellent. All right. When are these games coming up? Um, the Final Four is ooh, either Saturday or Sunday this upcoming. And then the title game is on Monday. Okay. Yeah, they're probably playing on Saturday, then title game on Monday. Yeah. And then the – and it's in Minneapolis of all places. Oh, it must be cold there. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish it was just outdoors, too. <laughs> <laughs> Throw another wrench in there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I I can promise you one thing, Matty. Yeah, I can promise you that I will try my – damnedest to watch these games on Saturday just so we can root for Texas Tech come Monday and have a just grand old time. Um, Unless they lose on Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, they're not going to lose. You already called it. You got two out of the four for real, which I think is hysterical. (laughs) We'll be just fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we will. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, thanks for wrapping up the NCAA tournament so far. Um, I heard you got a a little NSRR for us this week. Oh, yeah. So my NSRR for this week is going to be double dippers. Now, I'm not (laughs) talking about – I honestly don't have that big of a problem uh, fundamentally with people double dipping because, you know, if you have like a big chip – 
and you take a scoop of, you know, salsa or something, then you take a bite out of it, but you still have a lot of chip left. I mean, you got to put something on there, you know, (laughs) I mean, you're not, you're not an animal, but the people that this rant is directed at are people that when you go back for that double dip, you, you like leave part of your chip or like the snack and this also applies and this is like the main one this also applies to anything that uh you kind of spread on um mainly on bread and particularly butter so like my mom is probably the biggest violator of this where she will you know she'll put she'll dip her knife in the butter She'll spread it on the bread, but it'll get breadcrumbs on like the knife, and then she'll put it back in. <laughs> and so now the tub of butter has a bunch of breadcrumbs in it. I don't want that butter, so I don't need any butter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh yeah, it's not good. Like so, like peanut butter stuff like that. Just clean your knife off, or get like another knife. <laughs> like just don't leave behind crumbs. In salsa, butter, peanut butter, anything, just, just leave it. <laughs> so you'd say you subscribe by the method of you like dip your chip, you take a bite, and then you like do the whole turn method where like the bite that hasn't been in the salsa, you can like dip back in there. Oh no, I mean I'll, I'm fine with like people dipping the side that you took the bite of. I mean it's germs are germs, and I have an amazing immune system so so i'm not really worried about that but no you just can't you just can't leave pieces of chip in it like if it breaks off like you gotta go you gotta go fishing after that (laughs) you gotta go fishing after that thing i really i really want to send you a picture of the butter container that i have in my house because you are probably gonna vomit (laughs) it's full of like english muffin like rye bread french bread wheat bread other types of bread it's it's got everything in there yeah that is that is awesome (laughs) like whenever i open up a tub of butter all i should see is just yellow that's it (laughs) (laughs) but so okay so you told me earlier that you were inspired by this today today did you open up the butter container and you were like dang this has got stuff all in it. It had stuff in it. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you knew. You're like, I, I have a podcast later. I'm gonna I'm gonna rant about this. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I can't tell if these rants are getting better or just sillier, but I'm all always on board. I think uh, a little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, thanks for that addition. I'm now going to constantly think about how much stuff is in my butter. You may have actually ruined butter for me, just so you know. I hope I made it better. <laughs> you crack down on those people that, <laughs> that leave the breadcrumbs. I'm going to start getting by my own butter, writing like my name on it. That's what I'll do. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matty. Well, thanks for another solid addition into the O Show. Um, I heard next week that we're going to be discussing with Kanye West live on the air, his new upcoming album coming out in 2020. So I'm looking forward to interviewing Kanye and just, you know, really diving deep.
that'll be pretty good. I mean, he's kind of crazy, but uh, <laughs> but so are we. So <laughs> yeah, he'll fit right in into the yo show. Anyway, folks, thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Bye bye.